Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Breaking the Fourth Wall, episode 125. Another milestone. I can't believe it. And today I'm having a blast sitting down talking to a new friend of mine, uh, cost me 30 days in Facebook jail to make him a friend. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actor Joe Finfera. Joe, how you doing today? I, I feel good because 125 happens to be my lucky number. Oh, he's going to go out and play the lottery tonight. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. My pick three, one, two, five. And that is my, my lucky number. No, I, I'm doing great, man. Thank, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Oh, no, not at all. Well, you know, uh, with, with Breaking the Fourth Wall, as, as I was explaining to you before we went on air, uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall is more of a convers- top, uh, conversational interview as opposed to just, you know, uh, cold cold questions, you know, things you get out of, the, out of the, you know. You can you can Google it and find it. So, but I'm going to start it with one of the most stock questions of all time. Okay. What made you want to be an actor? What got you started? Good question. Well, a couple things. You know, when I was a young kid, ironically, I I had a dream that I was I was working on like a set, and I, I had this weird dream when I was a kid, and um, I could see lights, and I was in the backstage, and I was actually on the set. Um, but uh, but the very earliest earliest would be um, it's it, it's going to all have to always be my my upbringing. My grandfather was in show business okay. and um and it was God, i wish my kids could have this type of uh, upbringing with my with their grandfather around but my grandfather was a singer and he was also an actor and on weekends he would come to the house and he'd he played he played guitar piano banjo bass violin he could sing Wow. And he did sing. And on weekends, he'd come and we would sing these songs. And I'm not a singer, but to this day, I'm constantly singing songs. Like, if I hear somebody saying something that's a song on the radio, I start start singing it. And, and I don't claim to be a singer. I just love music because that's how I was brought up. And anybody right. that knows me, I, I, and I annoy people, too, because I sing so much. I'm in the car, I'm singing, I annoy my kids. It's just I sing all the time. And that's how I was brought up. And my, my grandfather was a singer. He was, uh, he did very well. He was actually asked to go into the, um, <clears throat> Bob Hope used to do a tour. I think it was called the C, I think it was the CSO back back in the day. I think it's CSO. Uh, USO. USO, thank you. I, I keep getting that mess, thank you. I knew someone was going to help me with that. USO, he was asked to go on tour in the USO. And my grandmother's pregnant with my mother, and, and he didn't. So, uh, but he always had that a look of regret on his face. Right. And um, he uh, he still sang, but locally. Now, uh, and I'm from Baltimore, so this was back in the Baltimore area. He did come out, venture out to California, 
and he was here for six months and he did like an episode of three stooges and and he was out here not very long he felt very lonely and he, he didn't really enjoy it he was young he was very, very much younger than i am and um now and then he came back and then of course he still did his music now uh tex ritter john ritter's father used to go to would travel and my grandfather would sing with his band when he would come to into baltimore and and so deep country type stuff so uh so um uh so i was introduced that that way so my grandfather would always talk about it i think that's where the seed kind of um was laid and then um you know and then um you know, I, well, I guess everybody always has a fascination with television when you're a kid. You know, right. you watch certain shows, you know. Um, you know, it, interesting, too. I used to watch, and you probably watched these, too. My, my cool shows I watched when I was younger that kind of influenced my life was The Incredible Hawk, which sounds weird. But The Incredible Hawk, watching that, you know, uh, I think, and you got into it, you and I talked earlier before. Um, it got me into, like. I remember, I think, I think I was in maybe third or fourth grade when it came on and I wanted to start working out then. And it right. kind of got me into fitness. So I got into fitness. I was surrounded by like entertainment stuff. I knew my granddad, we would always talk about my granddad's story, my grandfather's story about the three stooges and then the, the, uh, the USO, um, and things like that. So that's kind of where it's, I knew it was kind of like, it was in my blood, you know? Um, and then, then, Excuse bless me. you. Then, um, I think you, you got to really remember because it's been a while now. Because I started back in the early nineties. I right. remember when I was younger, I was dating this young lady, and I had to watch soap opera. I had to watch soap operas because if I was going to hang with her, I had to watch first soap operas, soap <laughs> operas. So I used to have to watch these during soap operas. And then we ended up breaking my heart. And then I just got this urge to leave and go and be, to go to New York and become an and get on show and become an actor. And so I, I literally, after I graduated college, I uh, I packed up. I did well. I did some commercials in Baltimore. I did some commercials in Baltimore where I got the, the bug. So, I, right. so it originated from childhood stuff. Then looking into certain things, doing commercial, and then um, I decided I was going to go to New York. And um, I was actually I was working out to and then after she broke my heart i started working out real heavily and i got in really really good shape and then i started to uh compete and um i started to compete and um and i was doing photo shoots and stuff like that and i actually had the opportunity to fly to california when i was in college and i um flew to flew out here to california where i am now and uh and i ended up getting a, a photo shoot a buddy of mine was um, working with a photographer and said, you should see my buddy. He's really in good shape. And right. I think he's going to compete. So I ended up getting a photo shoot, but nothing really kind of came with that. I just had the photo shoot. They paid me money, so I got paid to do a shoot in California. And then I flew back to Baltimore. And then I uh, um, I, I was all set to, to move, to, uh, flew back. And I finished up college, and um, I was all set to fly or go to New York City. And so I decided to leave and, and adventure to New York because I'd done a couple commercials. And then when, when I did the commercial, I did a Powerball commercial. And I don't, you, you may have done commercials, but once you do something of that, uh, you do something and it was filmed outside. So all of a sudden you get this incredible feeling. It's just a euphoria. 
because you're you're you know you have these cameras and there's people watching and you're you're doing a I was a Powerball commercial so it was relatively known back then that was back in the early 90s it's been around for a while but it was DC it was a Powerball commercial so um, I that's when I get that's when the bug was that was it when I got when I did the commercial and um, it took a while though because I kept all this I wasn't getting any commercials and finally I got this Powerball commercial um, in fact. Um, it's just a weird story too. And you'll, you could probably uh, relate to stuff like this because you, you've been doing the same thing, I guess. Is right. I, I remember the casting person felt sorry for me because I wasn't getting any commercials. So they said, "Hey, we can give you. We're going to get you this one. And you can have it. So it's for a hand commercial, and it's like you'll be holding like a McDonald's burger or something like that, right? <laughs> They're going to give it to me, and they looked at my hands and they go, "Oh, oh, sorry." We can't give you that. My hand, they thought my hands were too ugly. I mean, what? My hands aren't <laughs> ugly, but they thought my hands were ugly, and I couldn't even get a hamburger commercial. And then, oh. um, so, so that, that was funny. So, uh, so, but finally, I ended up getting this Powerball commercial, and it hit me. But it was, you know, I did, I did have the expectation that it wasn't going to be easy. So um, I decided to leave everything after college. So I had a degree. Um, so I did the practice, I did the right thing, got my degree and, um, I left Baltimore and went to New York. And before I left, I was with like, I think three days from leaving my hometown in Baltimore to come uh, to, to move to New York city. And, and, um, it's kind of, it's a scary thing. Cause I had just finished college. I was a young man. So I'm only 20, I'm in my early, early, early twenties. So you're leaving everything, you know, and it was kind of scary. You wonder, am I doing the right thing? And so Remember the photo shoot I told you about in California? But no right. one said anything to me. But my this is kind of how life can be. My my parents, my mother and my father and my brother were walking through a mall in Maryland called White Marsh Mall. And I remember I shot the, the photo shoot I did was in California. So they're walking through the mall, conservative type of mall. And as they're walking through, it was like a, a you know, like a, a car or a bookstore, a card store. Or something, you know, greeting cards or whatever. And mm-hmm. in the, the the display was they saw this calendar, and they, they they're like that guy looks familiar. And they and my name was on the cover. And and um, my dad, no one said anything to me. I get a knock on my bedroom door again. It's three days before I was leaving. I was nervous. Like, am I making the right decision? I open my door, and my, my dad's holding the cover of this calendar, and I'd made the cover. And I you'd think I struck gold because. At that moment, the uh, the sea parted, and it, it I was like there was no there was no uh, doubt in my mind. I had made the right decision. I just made the cover of this national calendar. No one said a word to me. The, the photographer never said a word to me. I made a cover of the calendar. They paid me in the very beginning, but they didn't tell me. I was in malls all over the United States <laughs> making the cover of this calendar. And and uh, so I guess I had the right idea, but but um, that's what, again that's all the beginning stages and that calendar and then imagine the odds of your family walking by at this exact time, looking down at this exact time on that exact day, three days before I was leaving and finding that. And believe me, the cal- it, it, it's it's a calendar. I'm in a bathing suit. It's not really the kind of calendar you'd see in a in a kind of conservative area. And um, but it was there and it's like things lined up and it was just meant to be that my parents, my brother, my youngest brother actually 
founded it. And to this day, this was back in 93. And to this day, I thank him because, you know, I look back and I think, you know, you wonder, are you making the right decisions or the paths you're making? And, and that, it gave me the answer. The answer was yes. So I took that calendar and I used that as my business card to get, um, to do other photo shoots. And I started to start a, a fitness modeling type career. There's a big market for that. And right. um, I ended up doing a lot of fitness magazines, exercise for men, men's workout. Um, I, I, I use that to get um, stuff on shows. They would hire you to do certain things on shows. If you had a certain build for particular scenes, you'd auto, it just kind of got me in there. It was kind of like my easy way in to get in fast. And, and that right. was what I used. And it worked. It, it got me in. And, and when there was days that I felt, um, what am I doing? I remember I just made the cover of a national calendar that sold all over the country. And that really just gave me that. It, it filled me up. It, it gave me that. What I, it gave me what I needed to feel like I'm doing the right thing. So I think no matter what in life, we all take journeys and we wonder, are we, are we doing the right thing? Are we, you know, are we on the right path? And, and for me to be given something like that, wow, I mean, that's pretty darn good. But I did take that to propel me to get into other shows. And, and I did get on, I ended up getting on um, One Life to Live, some episodes of One Life to Live, which was the, so that was the first show I really got on was One Life to Live. I did something called Under Fives and Day Players. And I was, they had like Cord Roberts. And pe so people I used to watch with my ex, I was like, like going in and I'd, I'd sometimes I'd play a paramedic and I would be rescuing people with the people I used to watch. So it was really cool stuff. <laughs> and it's the ultimate revenge against the, uh, Against the uh, the ex the ex, uh, but which we're friends now, so there's no hard feelings. <laughs> it just it still hurts a little bit. I'm still sad, but uh, but it, it was pretty it was definitely cool. And I I also um, worked in the business world too. So which I still do now. I I've always found that uh, I I actually like two things. I I love the entertainment world and and I love the the business world. And and I find I'm I'm kind of a whole when I'm doing both. And uh, so I was, I actually worked on Wall Street and I had like an insurance background. So I worked for a, a uh, investment banking company, but I did the insurance end and I would do, insure a lot of stuff. And I was more or less working with insuring like high end type stuff, but I worked on Wall Street. So that was pretty cool because the most popular street in the world, Wall Street, I got to, to work on that street for a while. So that, that was nice. And then, you know, and then I, I was able to go off and do episodes on shows like um on guiding light and, and stuff like that so um that's uh, that's kind of like the beginning stages of it and i did that in new york for a good nine years i did commercials and, and the fitness magazines fitness books um i got around it it was definitely a blast um i always found myself working um i think the one thing i only thing i i would say i regret would be not enjoying the journey when i was younger Right. Um, and um, I was too, I wasn't, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Yes. I, I, but that's something I dip that I, I do different now. I enjoy the journey. I, in fact, I force myself to enjoy the journey. And sometimes I have to stop. And I use this word all the time. It's paradigm shift. And that is I, when I stop um, enjoying what's going on. I have to do a reset and be thanked. And, um, and that's what I do now more than ever, because, you know, I, my grandfather used to sing a song, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. And this is when I was a kid, he would sing the song. And I still have, find myself singing this to this day. 
So there's things that we've grown up with that start us that, that we, we take now. So that's kind of the, the beginning stages of, of it all. And um, the real story changes to, to my, to when I, in my fifties, but um, my grandfather told me when, um, when he was out in California, he said it was very lonely and which is probably why I decided to, to go to uh, New York versus California first. And, right. and uh, so I was kind of petrified. So, but New York was close enough to my family in Baltimore that I could always go back and, and take a train ride and I could be back in, in no time. So I felt, still felt a little bit of connection because I still think I had my roots and I was still young and I wanted to still be close to my family. And, and, and God, in retrospect, um, I, I must say, now that we're talking now, I'm coming up these realizations that now I'm glad I did that because my, my father passed at a young age at 72. So if I didn't, if I wasn't close to him back, back then, I wouldn't have had that time. So right. I, 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 I'm appreciative of that. When you live on, when you live on the, um, you know, the opposite part of the coast from the rest of your family, it's really hard to, to meet up with each other. And um, I don't know if you can you hear my guard dog. Yeah, I hear him. <laughs> that's my guard. Dog. That's that's my beautiful guard dog. His name's Nash. He's a uh, he's actually dogs are the best thing in the world. So if anybody is ever thinking about adopting, don't think, just do it. I got him from a shelter. Really, the best thing I, I ever did. Uh, I actually adopted a dog in New York that I had for over 13 years, and then I didn't have a dog for about six or seven years, and I really missed having a dog, and I just adopted my dog Nash, and um, it's animals are just the, the best thing you can ever do. They yeah. they change your life. Kids are the I'm sorry, that's not right. Kids where, are the best. Children where, are the best. Where dogs. I live now, we're not allowed to have dogs, but I do have a fat cat that barks. <laughs> there you go. That's great. Well, I'll tell you a story. My my father. So my father's passed, and my my um my my um my father always wanted to get a cat. Always wanted a cat. And my mom was like, No, no, I don't want a cat. And then my my um my father passed away, and my um my mother just decided she wanted to get a pet because she was a little bit lonely, right? And we we're like, Wait a minute, dogs a lot of work. And so, lo and behold, all these years, my father wanted a cat. My mom adopts a cat after my dad's gone. So, but she has a beautiful cat that she calls Precious. So, uh, cats are wonderful, and and they 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 are uh, they're good for all of us. So, yes, yeah, she's a, a good companion for my mom um, after the death of my father. So, uh, but at anyway, least, at least she gave it a, a name like Precious. Um, you, you just had me thinking of when my when my youngest uncle passed away. He was uh, thirty years old. He died. And uh, my my grandparents, you know, his his mom and dad decided to get an animal to commemorate my 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 uncle, and so they got a dog and they named it RC, which was my uncle's uh, initials, Robert Carl. Okay, they got a pug <laughs> at 13 years old. Even I'm like, that's messed up. I mean, yes, they're cute, but they're so ugly. They're cute. And you named it after Bob. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's, I, that was my first thought when you were saying she got a cat after your, after your dad passed away. I'm like, oh, come on, no. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter, so this is horrible. So, so my daughter wanted a dog when she was young. She had a dog, but then she wanted another dog. And it wasn't really, God, this is horrible to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. But it wasn't like the best looking dog in her world. And I'm like, it, you know, if, if you want a dog, I'm going to be the one that's going to have to take care of it. I'm going to be the one that's going to have to love it here. 
So if mm. I'm not enamored by this dog, it's not going to be cool. I, I can't do it. And, and so when I adopted my dog this time, um, I, I must say I did a really good job making sure my children weren't spoiled. I mean, you wanted to spoil them, but I made sure that whatever, you know, I, they've learned that whatever I, when I, as an adult, whatever I said something, I meant it. And they've learned that. But before I adopted my dog and I said to my daughter, well, we're going to get a dog, but you know, I'm going to be the one who's going to do all the work. So I don't want you to like fall in love with the dog. I'm going to have to fall in love with the dog too. And, 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 and so she understood that. So, um, but yeah, the worst thing. So, and, and, but we both fell in love with this dog. In fact, what was really cool about him was we went to the shelter to go pick him up and he's got these beautiful eyes and everything. And he, uh, um, I started, I started petting him a little bit and he was in the, in the, the cage, cage area. And, um, I said, I, I couldn't really reach him all the way. So I said, Hey, you're going to need to scoot over. Cause I can't reach you. And he literally shoved his whole body against the fence so I could pet him. And I thought, wow, this dog really listens. And, um, and then my daughter came over, she liked him too. And then of course, when you make a decision, I didn't really, I, I said, okay, well, let's just, let's just go. Let's just think about it, you know? And so we, we walked away. I said, see you later. I walked away and we got about 15 feet away and we heard this bark, oh, this loud bark. And I turned and I said, is that that dog we were just petting? My daughter said, yeah. So we walked back and it was my dog now. And he was barking at me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I think we need to, I think we have to adopt this dog. He was barking at us. We got 15 feet away. He called us back. And um, you adopted anyway, him. Adopted oh, you. We, we, we <laughs> went back to the office. And, and one good thing about the shelter, it's Castaic Animal Shelter in Santa Clarita. They, they're so great because they know once you're, they, they made it fast. They, you sign the paperwork, you do a meet and greet thing first. And first you do the meet and greet to see if you connect. So right. I got my dog out of the cage. My daughter and I took him. I have a son too, but my son wasn't with us. I don't want to not mention my son, but my daughter and I went, my son's 18. He was off in, was he off in college? Not yet, but he's 18. But we went back to this area where they, where you go and meet with the dog and see if you guys are compatible. Well, right. the, my dog was, the dog was so uh, happy to be out of the cage. He just started running around. He kind of ignored us. And then I said to him, I said, hey, I'm your ticket to freedom. You better start giving us some attention. I, I kid you not. He was like 15 feet away. He turned around, kind of trotted over to my daughter, jumped on her shoulders and started kissing her cheek. And then. <laughs> Then it's like history. In fact, there was another pen where these other people were with other dogs. And they all said, oh, they were saying, oh, so it was like everybody saw this and they all said, oh, and at that moment, it was like done deal. He listened to it, it was like done deal. It was it. So then you go back and then you have your dog um, spaded or neutered. They had either spaded or neutered. I'm not sure which one it is, but he was so. one of them. It was done. <laughs> they do it right away and they chip and they do all that stuff. And then the next day we picked him up and, and honestly, it's been, I think this September will be over two years. And it's been, I, when I think about how I started to walk away and, and he, believe me, this guy, he spoiled, I spoil him so much, but I think about, he has the life that he asked for. <laughs> he right. would have, I walked away. He, he got what he wanted. He called me back and, and I think, Wow. You know, and, and to this day, when he wants something, 
you'll hear him barking. He barks and he gets it, whether it's a bone or, or more water or want to go outside or whatever it is. He's very boisterous because he's a he's a half shepherd, half husky. So, uh, oh, um, wow. yeah, great, great, great dog. He's he's um he's very obedient when he wants something. <laughs> when he wants something, he's obedient. And no, then, uh, but uh, he, he, for the most part, he, he's good. I did take him to training and stuff like that. So I always tell everybody you should definitely take your dog to training, but that's my dog situation. So, but I got, I got to tell you the, um, your, I guess your show to breaking the, the, the fourth wall. I, uh, so I, when, when I had children, um, I, I didn't really do that much in the entertainment field and you and I were talking about her age earlier and, and, and so, right. so I, after I had my, my kids, um, you know, it's a little bit rough to make, you know, even if you've done some decent stuff, it doesn't matter. It's still hard to survive in the entertainment industry. It just is. So right. um, having kids, I had to really just sit and focus on just pr- providing because it, it was difficult. Uh, but I've been blessed because I've been, I was able to, um, I did a lot of TV commercials in, in my time and I did a lot of print ads. So I kind of always worked in marketing. So literally the last 15 years, I, I was able to marry my, my um, knowledge of marketing with the entertainment stuff. And I've actually been working in marketing for the past, I guess about past 13 years now. Um, and I, I'm a, I'm actually a VP of sales for a marketing company. So, oh, wow. uh, so I get to work. So I'm, I've married, I've married those two things and which is great, but on the flip side, um, you know, you're still in your office and when you're an entertainer, you, you never stop entertaining. So I'm either trying to make people laugh or I'm singing, driving people crazy, you know? And so I would say by the time I was 49, well, coincidentally, I had a, I have a co-VP or co-manager who just happened, who happens to be a writer. And okay. he wrote stuff for the Hallmark Channel. And he's written some other movies that are on the IMDb and stuff like that. Some other bigger films with, with some um, well-known people. So he's been, a, he writes. And so he started writing again. He started um, even in publishing books. And um, with, with Amazon, um, you can you can write your own stuff and you have a way to publish it nowadays. There's a lot more avenues to do things. So he this was kind of the catalyst that made me look at things because I got out of the business. Not, I wouldn't say got out of the business. I just didn't push myself in the business because um, I don't think anybody ever gets out. It's just no one's banging down your door, you know. So right. um, he, he said, you know, we got to finish what we started. Things are different. You never know. There's There's a market for people that are, you know, in their 40s, 50s. And uh, I still, um, I still stay in, in shape. I still, I, even though I do all the fitness stuff, I still work out five to six days a week. I run almost every day. I still watch what I eat. And I have this weird thing. I, I did spent a lot of my life like watching what I eat to such a detail. So I've always lived as if I was maybe three to four weeks away from a photo shoot. Okay. And even at 51, I still live that like that as if, oh my God, I'm three weeks out of a from a photo shoot, which is not true. And cause I'm not going to, no one's going to, no one was banging down my door for me to do a calendar um, anymore. I, I was able to do a de- two calendars and a lot of fitness books and stuff like that, but no one's banging down my door for that. Anymore. But anyway, but um, he said, Hey, you were saying, Hey, you know, you should look into getting, doing some more work in the entertainment industry. Why not? And, you know, with my background in marketing, I decided to uh, um, push it again. My, um, my children were real, supportive and they're like uh, 
my daughter even gave me this card. So I decided to, uh, you know, finish what I started. My kids were older. My son um, was getting ready to start college. My daughter, uh, she was getting ready to start high school. But when your kids are older, they spend more time. They're, they're, it's a little bit easier to do things because when mm -hmm. you're uh, doing the entertainment industry, sometimes it's weekends, it's evenings, it's all this stuff. It's like, it's whenever. When your kids are younger, and, and I was divorced, so I was a single father. It, it was, there's no way. But now that my kids are older, I had the ability to do this stuff. And I thought, let me finish what I started. And and I, I decided to really push it again. And really the first thing I got out, I did one little job just to get my um, feet wet, just to have a script again, read again, just to get used to, to get everything flowing again. And then kind of the first thing out of the gate was uh, General Hospital. They gave me a, they gave me a, a part playing this um, um, a uh, mafia guy that creates these uh, phony passports. So there I was all these years working in the office. Uh, in my mind, I knew I could do it again. I, I decided, hey, I'm not going to just say no. I'm going to do something about it. And um, I started pushing it again. And lo and behold, it, I, I did it. It's, it is an awesome feeling when you're in the office all these years and then you're back on this huge, in this huge studio and and uh, and then all of a sudden, like you're the only one on camera on ABC at that moment on television. It's just, I just can't. It's well, you know, it's 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 you. It's incredible. I don't, just, I don't necessarily know, but I the, the one question I've been I've been wanting to ask since you since you started since you started, you said you were a kid who used to actually dream about being on stage on a sound stage or or you know film stage, seeing the lights, seeing the sound, seeing the cameras. How how did it compare to to real life when you finally stood on that stage for the first time? Did you look back and say I knew it, or was it just more than you even imagined? I think uh, that it, it was exactly as I imagined. It was more. It was more because when you say soundstage, it's not really like in theater. There's a stage, but when I say soundstage, it's actually like a warehouse with mm. like like ropes everywhere and cameras, and that was. And I, when I worked on this, um, I was lucky enough to, I did some works on, on, on a sitcom and, and that was kind of where, what I saw was, uh, was that in my, in my dream. Um, right. so, uh, so yeah, it was, it, 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 it was exactly right. I remember walking thinking, this was my dream that I had when I was a kid. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it was, it was almost spot on. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, so, so yeah, no. it, was, it was spot on. It was spot no. on. No. Another thing I connected to is when you were talking about when your when your little brother found your uh, found your your calendar spread and like oh my god you know it, it, it reminded me of uh, again I used to be a professional wrestler and I was kind of on the same fence as you at, at some point when I was out in Colorado I'm like is it really worth the beatings I'm putting my body through I'm not really making that much money I'm not moving up in the ranks why why you know start starting to have those doubts starting to have those feelings about like is this the right path am I doing the right thing. And what was funny is I wound up working for a company called Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling. And I did my first match for him. Didn't think nothing of it. It was a, it was a match out, out of a high school, you know. And uh, I actually wound up losing that match, just to let everybody know. And a couple weeks later, I'm up in uh, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. And I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts to get a, get a cup of coffee and something to eat. And this, these kids run up to me. Oh, my God, you're him. Can I have your autograph? And I'm looking at him like, who are you? And understand, like, the high school that we wrestled in was in Colorado Springs, 
if you if you look at a map of Colorado, you find out how far away Wheat Ridge is from from Colorado Springs. So it's not like I thought these kids were at the show. So I'm like, who are you mistaking me for? Oh, we saw you on TV. We saw you on TV. I said, when did you see me on TV? Here, that match was televised, and I didn't know it. Wow. I was on I was on UPN 57 in Colorado, and it completely blew my mind that these kids wanted a nobody's autograph like me. And I'm like, okay, maybe I am on the right path. <laughs> wow. Yeah, isn't it? Right. That's it. You just gave, dude, you gave me a chill. You just gave me a chill, man. Oh my God. That's awesome, man. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Exactly right. Wow. You literally gave me a chill because that's exactly the experience I had. And, and then that let you know that you're doing the right things. You're doing these crazy things. Wow. Isn't that crazy how the world gives you that kind of stuff? Wow, mm-hmm. man. I love that story. That's pretty damn cool. So that leads. So I'm going to ask you something. Go ahead. You're, you're a tough guy. You're a wrestler, and I was thinking about this. So you and I just shared like this serendipity type thing or whatever. So have you ever like? Ex- do you believe in that? Like the other energy? Have you ever experienced something where you said it and then it became true? Has it ever happened to you? Have you ever felt that? I want to ask you that because you're a big tough guy, and and I'm not not saying to be facetious, but some people may not think a a, a big tough wrestler is going to think on these same lines. So did you ever like say something and all of a sudden it comes real or do you believe in like that if the power of attraction, you believe in that type of stuff? You know what? Um, I, I would say yes. And I, I, and the reason I would say that is uh, it, especially in the wrestling world, not so much in the music world, although it, it still fell under the same premise. Like I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. Like I never reached the, 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 you know, the, the, the pinnacles of, of, the fields that I was in, you know, I never got the record deal. I never, I never made it to the WWE or WCW or whatever. So, I mean, I had modest success, but the successes that I had really was kind of force of will. And in wrestling, it it presented itself even more so than in music, because to me, the successes were being able to, to dictate the storylines that I wanted to have, or if I created a, a tag team or a faction and being able to to will it into the existence that I wanted it to be that I had envisioned in my head, you know, uh, I was part of a tag team that uh, I was a part of from the day I broke into the business called Youth Gone Wild. I got to retire as part of Youth Gone Wild twenty years later because of the will, just refusing to let go of that 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 gimmick that that team. And my partner and I just had such a belief in it that we willed it to continue. We separated back in 1999 uh, from Youth Gone Wild, and I was out in Colorado for 10 years. Came back, we reunited, and the crowd still loved it. That was that was completely force of will, you know. Wow. Absolutely, I absolutely believe that if you want wow. something, you cool. You know, believe cool. Wow, I, I was I was thinking about the tales. Like I wanted to ask you that because I completely admit it, and I I was like worried, like oh my god, what if he says like no. You know, and you so it's the opposite. You 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 do exactly what I do. So there, I I can. There's many moments where that's happened, but like literally everything I've ever done and worked on, it all it all starts from our thought and us taking action, making it happen. But I remember some things that go beyond that. Like I remember when I was younger too. Um, I went to this. Uh, there was a store. Um, it was it was a store where they'd sell posters. Uh, um, what the hell was the name of it? remember the name of it but there were these posters and um 
And I remember looking at these posters and seeing these people on posters. And I said to the girl who I was dating at the time, I said, you know, I, I can do a poster. I can be on a poster too. And within um, Spencer's, the name of the store is Spencer's. Yes, you remember, Spencer's. You remember Spencer's? Oh yeah, there's, there's still Spencer's store all over the country. So I was in Spencer's and they had this poster section. And I remember going through it with my girlfriend at the time. And I said, I know I can be in a poster too. I know I can do it. And I am not kidding. Probably three or four days later, um, I had a photo shoot, but I was in Maryland still at the time. I had the, uh, I got a call from this photographer that I shot with in California. Um, and he said, hey, Joe, you know, um, I had this, I got this offer to do these count, this, this posters. And I thought about you and I want to see if you want to come out. He had no idea I was still in Maryland. He thought I was in California. I didn't say anything. And he right. said, hey, um, it shoots like next week. Can you come out? It pays X amount of dollars and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I, um, it's for, he's told me, he told me what it was for, you know? So I, I, um, so I, I flew out to California and, and did the shoot. And then when you do something like that, it doesn't always come out right away. So I, I, by then I was already in New York. And then finally they, they contacted me and that they did con it was the same guy that did the calendar, but they contacted me and, um, I found out about the, the poster, but I ended up going back into Spencer's probably six months later with the, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if I had, yeah, my girl, the, the girl was still dating at the time. And, and there was my poster in Spencer's. Wow. And so, you know, yeah, your word is your wand. And sometimes you say something, you can make it come true. And, and there's other times I've had things like that where you say something. I had other things in place, but it was definitely possible. And I, and I, but I said it with conviction when I was there the first time. I know that I can be on a poster. But ironically, the fact that I would get a call about a poster three days later and I end up getting one. So that's just, there's, there's more to our, I, I'm definitely one of those people that believe there's more to our stuff than, than we know. There's something more than, than our existence than we know. I, and I, um, so, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I like to tap into that. But, but fast forward now in, in my, at my age now, you know, I, I've taken the things that you did with your wrestling, but I'm, I'm applying it more now and I'm right. getting that attraction. And uh, um, it's been great because after I got the, the, the part on the on the soap, I I end up getting a call from um, Lifetime and they have this uh, new series they're creating. I end up getting um, a um, supporting role as a high school guidance counselor on, on Lifetime Network, uh, Lifetime right. Movie Network. And so that's a pretty big, darn big deal because I've been doing it all these years. And I'm willing it, thinking, I know I can do this. And there I am. I'm starting to get this stuff. And it was, it just all fit in and, and work. And it, it works. And I'm able to balance both like I did before. And um, um, and it's it's neat. Sometimes my people that, that work for me, they'll call me and say, hey, I saw you on this episode. Or they'll, you know, they've seen me on some, pro, you know, something on television. So so that, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. But it's it's nice to kind of be full circle and and not give up on something and go back into it and 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 you know it's possible and um and it, you're able to do it so it all it all starts with your thought that you know it, it's possible and and I'm doing it I'm, I'm really it's just kind of to come back into it at my age now I, I I sometimes I just gotta look and just go wow this is is so cool because it's a lot different now than it was then mm -hmm. and a lot of it's because you know I'm older I have more things to 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 draw on than I did before. I also have a different, I have a work ethic too. And because I'm in marketing, I know about marketing myself and, 
and pushing it and things like that. So I do things a lot differently than I, than I did before. And there's just a lot more avenues for, for, for people like us to, you know, there's so many network, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, you know, all these different things, you know, Apple's got something now. So there's so many, there's so many avenues. And so I'm, I'm definitely enjoying, enjoying myself. Um, and I still love both. I still love um, the, the marketing stuff, working in the business world. Uh, my clients sometimes they'll see me, and, and I, I love doing the business world. I love doing the, uh, and I love um, then you know going off and doing an episode of the show. I, I'm I'm having a blast, and and it's fun to be able to to like to do both, and um and and I, I'm really enjoying things. And so I really, and I was telling you before when I was younger, I didn't necessarily enjoy the journey. You know, at my age now, I have my two children, and I, I've done well, um, and now. Even like now, you still always want, it's always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So even mm-hmm. though I get caught up in things, I still have to stop and say, wait a minute, if it's not coming as fast as I want, I got to stop for a second and remember to um, enjoy the journey and be happy with everything I have now and enjoy life. And then that keeps everything flowing. But, you know, when we, we're older, we, we got to, you got to at some point enjoy things. And then stop and look around. You look up and you see, oh my gosh, it's beautiful mountains and there's trees and this is well, a beautiful place. So you got to stop and take a look. And and that's one thing I am doing different now. Is that. Well, see that that that's something I agree with, and uh, to to an extent, there, there there's a little there's a little spin on it. Throughout the years uh, that I was a professional wrestler, one of the things that was always drilled into your head was that uh, you know wrestling's been around for over a hundred years. The, the professional field of, of wrestling has been around for over a hundred years. You know. Uh, uh, people like uh, like uh, uh, Buddy Rydell and and Don the Rock Morocco and all that they paved the way for the Ric Flairs and the Hulk Hogan's and they paved the way for the Shawn Michaels and the Steve Austins and they paved the way for you know the Roman Reigns and the Seth Rollins and they paved the way for us. What legacy are we going to do? What one thing you always have to keep in mind as a professional wrestler is that not only are you building your legacy, but what are you going to give the next generation? Ah company uh, keep the business and, and traditions alive and it, it's really again you know power of the will when i was a professional wrestler part of youth gone wild's gimmick was uh it's time to push the dinosaurs out of the spotlight it's our time to shine and when it was time for youth gone wild to end i was training new trainees and 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 pushing them on and when i walked away i walked away for good and uh, I started doing podcasting. And what's ironic is when I started podcasting, I started with, with Breaking the Fourth Wall here. If you go back to the first two seasons of Breaking the Fourth Wall, it wasn't an interview show. It was, uh, you know, roundtable discussions about movies. And uh, it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, what's funny is I started paving the way forward when I started getting hooked up with uh, people like Steve Joyner. And he started sending me actors and actresses. And, you know, I started paving the way forward for other podcasters and i especially started to start uh paving the way forward for promoting others and and helping them to to push their dreams and their goals and and it's funny how life will simulate itself no matter what it is it's going i may not be doing the things that i envisioned when i when i was 19 20 years old but i have in no way shape or form failed that envisionment of 19 or 20 years old 
if that makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? It makes a lot of sense. And, and that, that, that was something I was going to say is like, even with the force of will for people that may wish to be an actor or a musician or a comedian or whatever, you may not reach the pinnacle that you think is the top. It, it's possible. It's, it's a hard world to live in, but success is success. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. And I totally agree. Uh, and I know that, you know, one thing I, one from my from the, my buddy of mine we've talked about is is uh you know I, I've told him because he's a writer and I said you know the story when you write I think the story should be story of you as a writer me as in the entertainment if the story is is that that you can stop something and you're a certain age you can continue where you left off and mm-hmm. whether you're a writer you're a painter you're a director you want to open a specific store whether it's a coffee shop anything that you've ever wanted to do, um, you know, it, it's never too late. And, and if you still have that will and you still have that drive, um, you can do it. You may have paved the way for it. Like I know for me, I think I always knew that I was working up towards what I'm doing now to just maybe to be um, more, I guess, financially secure. Maybe I was working on that because I think I, I always had the vision of what I was trying to do and, and work towards stability because you know the hardest thing to, to gain in, in, in the entertainment world is stability so so maybe if you whoever you are out there i was talking to somebody the other day and and they said everybody always says if i can change one person um if i can change three people if i can make three people do something different you know maybe you've been paving the way for whatever you've been doing and now's the time to to, to, to do it and one thing i do do differently um i do do differently now is um, I don't necessarily, I take leaps, but they're educated leaps. Right. I work and, and it's not, I'm not just going to jump off into where there's nothing. I think that's crazy. So I listen to all these big investors and even like with Warren Buffett, whoever they are, and they always know what their loss could possibly be. And even though they do very well, they're still going to do only make certain investments where they know their risk isn't that high. So I still I take chances with my time, just being tired, working hard, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm still gonna, you know, that's the thing I do different now too. Is is I'm I'm very cautious with with everything. Um, I I I you know the most the biggest asset I have is time. So I, I look at all that stuff too. So um so that's one of the things I do now. So but it it is exciting to to me. And one thing I do want to share with like anybody is. It's like it's it's not over, and you have always heard about it before. But it's it's not over, and it's exciting that when you believe it's possible, and then all of a sudden it starts happening. It's it's exciting when you get a call, and you know you just never know when when my phone rings now. It's pretty exciting because I never know who the hell it's going to be or what it's about. And um, so I just got a call the other day. I kind of can't say anything, but it's it's an exciting call to work with somebody that that I've seen before. So. It's uh, that seemed to have watched on television before. So I get I get these exciting calls and it, it really makes things really fun. You just never know who the hell's going to call and um, or what's going to happen. You know, it's pretty well, exciting. Well, one thing one thing I do got to ask you is because uh, you have been in film and you have you've done shorts, you've done film, you've done television. Which one is more exciting to do for you? I, I, I know I know the television world is a lot different than the than the you know, film world, as it were. I didn't want to use the term big budget because, you know, even an indie film, I know a two-hour film 
is a different schedule, a different a, a different world than filming, you know, one to 12 episodes of a season, you know, of, of a TV show. So which one, which one thrills you more when you go on set? One where you know it's going to be kind of more longer chain, even though it's only on the smaller screen, or is it the uh, big screen adaptations? I, I, you know, that that's a really good question. I would say if I'm working on something and I know it's going to be broadcast to gazillions of people, then that, that's probably definitely more exciting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's more exciting. Um, definitely more exciting. So then, you, you know, there's more at stake. Um, um, but I, I still, I, I'm a performer and you hear of all these other people that perform. I like, I love to perform and I like to be creative. And, and I, th I think my, uh, I like, yeah, I, I would say the bigger budget stuff, but really it would be more the content of what the project is I'm working on, um, would be the second thing, you know, obviously you want everything to hit that, to hit that medium. But nowadays you can work on something that's, that's like on television and then it, but still kind of it goes from like a regular network type thing to, to be, being sold on Amazon or well, like even now stuff is supposed to be shown in film. It's, it's going right to uh, being streamed because you can't go in theaters now. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, it is nice to know that there's a working on a project where there's a big audience. That's pretty darn exciting. Um, but I, I, I just like to perform. In fact, you know, in this in this arena, sometimes if there's nothing that's really big coming my way, because I'm not terribly known, I can work on doing a short or something to keep everything still rolling. So I I do love the fact that I have the ability to do that because I think for me it's just, I just want to keep performing. So right. if there's not a big project that's going on that's on the network, um, if there's if someone if there's somebody that's working on, um, you know, a project. Now bear in mind. I've, I've done a lot in the past, let's say three years. So now I'm a little bit more choosy what I'm going to do now. So I have to really look and make sure that the person working on something wants to, to, to uh, is a true artist and they really will take their selves to that next level. They, they're like focused on something like what's their focus, you know, and if they're focused on, I want to, my goal is ultimately get an Academy Award or whatever. That, those are the kind of people I'm looking to, to work with whether it's a short film, whether it's whatever it is, I want to. That's that. What I guess inspired me more is that person that's looking to to create something that no one else has, and they have this huge vision. So I guess that would be really interesting. Your question, and I had to get myself to that evolution, is to work with somebody that really wants to work on something that's meaningful or take themselves to that next level because of their creativity. That I think inspires me more. Someone that says, "Hey." I think I can win an award. I can do this and be recognized for the best screenplay or best whatever. So that, I guess that, I know that inspires me more because ultimately you, you want to work on something that gets you recognized for your talents because that ultimately gives you the biggest staying power. Right. You know, um, that's, that's what you want. So, you know, that's kind of what I, my thing would make me excited is where, where I know I'm working on a project where everybody's working to do something great and take themselves to that level beyond, no, you're, you know. You're not wrong. You know, if you, if you, if you go into any type of field, even, even if it's not entertainment, if you go into the type of field with that, with expectations of being average or failing, that's right. exactly 
exactly all you're ever going to be. So you're absolutely right. You know, always shoot for the stars. Right. But right. I, 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 there's two things that that uh, that you said that that uh, one one's kind of a fun question, and I'll preface it with uh, with something. But before I do, I'll ask this question. And, and this question is: You said anything to keep the ball rolling. You'll do a short to keep to keep the ball rolling, to keep the steam going. Have you ever, or would you ever, consider live stage performances oh, in or play or something of that nature? I'm laughing because I wasn't sure what the hell you were going to say. The answer is well, as Meatloaf would say, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. No, um, I did a lot of uh, I did a lot of stage. I did a lot of theater in New York City. Um, I did tons of theater. And, and so I did a lot when I was younger. It's a huge time commitment. I learned a lot. It's, it's uh, to work on something where you, you to rehearse, a, you know, a play for, you know, a, a month before you put it up because you're going on for an hour and just talking over and over again. So I, when I was younger, I did a lot. Um, where I am now, I, I don't, that's not really what I want to do now. So I don't really have desire to do theater. In fact, I was asked by someone to do something. And I, I just, that's not, that's not where my passion is, but it was when I was younger, I did do that. So one thing I also told myself now doing things at 51 is if I'm not enjoying myself, whatever it is, and I don't want to do it, I, I'm not going to do it because life's too short. So I'm not, you know, do I like theater? Yeah. Did I like it when I did it before? Yes. But I'm not. I'll take all the experience I got because I, I know what um, I, I don't have that that desire now to do theater. I, I like I like the uh, the film and television. I like it's recorded. I, I like that mainstream. That's okay. really what the focus is. Now the other one the other one kind of plays off of what we were talking about. Uh, this one this one's a hypothetical question. Okay. And, and like I said, I, I I'll preface it with uh, with an example. Uh, if I were an actor, if I were an actor, if I if I had aspirations of being an actor. The ultimate role I would ever want is let me be an extra in a Star Wars film. You don't even have to pay me. Just let me take the lightsaber home. That preposition for this reason, this question. If you had control to choose any role in any style of film whatsoever, what would you choose? What would be the top choice for for Joe to to uh, say, yeah, that's the movie I want to do or that's the TV show I want to do? Ah, okay, good question. Um, gosh, you know, I like I like so many different parts. It's hard to say. So, uh, let's see. So, would I, I would have to maybe a movie that's already been out and say I wish I was that in that movie, or 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 a type of movie? What are you What are you thinking? Your Your world, your rules. You, you know, if if the movie doesn't exist, tell me you want to be a part of a a a. a groundbreaking comedy or a groundbreaking sci-fi horror film or you know something never done okay. before, fair, you know fair enough fair enough okay so i would you know i would um i would like to be i would have liked to have been owen owen wilson in the uh, in the movie midnight in paris that was that was directed by uh woody allen that would have been that would be uh, great but i have two though i have two answers i have two okay. um I have two. So, uh, yeah, but so, yeah, I would say Owen Wilson in uh, Midnight in Paris, directed by, by Woody Allen. Um, I would definitely love to do that. I'd be, that'd be great. And then the other, number two has nothing to do with theater. I am a 
history buff, and I absolutely love American Pickers. And I always say I've never do reality, but I'm telling you right now, if if Frank and John said, "Hey, come on, man, you can do an episode of American Pickers," I would geek. Out. I'm, I'm gonna use the word geek out. I would sure as hell geek out. So nice. I'll let you know. I'll let you know another story because. So I've met a lot. I've met a decent amount of people in my life. I am so addicted to American Pickers; it's crazy. I literally, I was just watching. I, I watch it almost every day. And okay. that's one thing I, I. So and I'm I'm a collector. I I the people that they go and buy stuff from that's me. Except I'm not a hoarder. I keep everything, you know. And I I love that kind of stuff. I just love I love things from the past. It's just something about it that just. I'm very passionate about that stuff. And I've been that way since I was a little kid. And I am so passionate about it. In fact, I went to Tennessee and I went to the store in Tennessee. I had to go in and see it. So I went to the store in Tennessee. One day, I think um, there's out here in California, we have these like swap meet things where people sell old stuff. And um, it was at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So before I went, I went with a friend and, um, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching American Pickers. And I said, I just said to you now, I said, hey, I'm not wanting a reality thing, but, but man, I would jump at the opportunity to work with Frank and John and be on an episode of, of um, American Pickers. And so I ended up that morning, I went to, uh, I guess it was a Sunday morning, I went to uh, Pasadena and I'm walking through the flea market there. And I hear, and I watch the show so much, I hear a voice. I don't see anything. I hear a voice. And I hear a voice. And um, I'm like, wait a minute. And I, I had to stop. My friend, I stopped. I'm like, wait a minute. I know that voice. And the voice was like 15 feet away from me. And I right. know that I'm outside, passing the flea market. I hear a voice that sounds familiar to me. And I, <laughs> from, I turn around. And it's like, I, 52, it's John. I had, and I am not one to walk up to people. I don't do that kind of crap. I just right. don't. But I had to walk up to him. And I'm just like, oh my God, I love your show. It's just amazing. I can't believe it. And, you know, I, I, I geeked out, but I heard him from 15 feet away and I had to walk <laughs> up and, and talk to him. So, so anyway, that's number two. That's number two. And I, I think I got more excited about that. But, um, I, cause American Pickers, it's just, I, I've, um, I've always, uh, I'm a collector at heart. I just love history. And um, and so anyway, it's really cool to hear somebody and then you've lost and all of a sudden there they are. And again, it's like, like we were talking about serendipity. You talk about something and I, I just said to somebody that day, if I was going to work on something, I'd work with that guy. I'd work on that show. That's the only, that's the only reality thing I'd ever do. You know, so uh, just because I, I love that stuff so much, just like that. And you could tell he listened to me because I kept telling how, how much I love the show and how I love to collect. And I'm, I'm sure he gets that a lot. But, uh, right. It just seemed weird coming out of my mouth, I guess. So. Well, but it, that, it, it, that was number two. That was number two. That, that, that's funny because I, I can kind of relate. Like, uh, I, I'm the world's worst cook. Okay. I burn, I burn water. Okay. Like, literally. I, I'll tell you the story off air where I literally have burnt a pot of water. Um <laughs> So uh, most times I'm not allowed in the kitchen, but like you were saying with American Pickers, if given the opportunity to be on air with somebody like Gordon Ramsay, I want to be, I want to get chewed out. I want to get cursed out by Gordon Ramsay. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be a dream come true to get cursed out by Gordon Ramsay. You know, so I, I get where you're coming from with that. <laughs> I I bet you he's probably nice. I bet you he's nice. I've heard he a probably, lot of that. Yeah, that he's a real nice guy. I bet you he's really nice. But then again, I guess organically he probably just gets pissed off at people for not doing the right thing. I guess I can understand that too. Yeah, and it's got to be. It's got to be. It, well, you know what? I, I can usually spot organic and not organic, just being an actor. So it, it seems well, his anger seems pretty damn organic. And if he is acting, then he deserves an Academy Award because because he's he seems organically really pissed off. <laughs> when well, he's pissed off. That's true. But then again, I've also seen him having a cook off with you know the Swedish chef from the Muppets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I watch the cooking shows with my wife. She loves it. She loves all the cooking shows. And it's like that would be that would be a thrill. Was just would just be sitting there getting chewed out by Gordon Ramsay because of how terrible the cook. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. And you and you and I bet you you're think about it, you're a wrestler. So it's like the only person you would allow to chew you out would be Gordon Ramsay. I'm sure that you wouldn't let anybody else. So I'm sure if you went to a gas station or someone cut you off, there's no way. And you have to probably look and see. Wait a minute, you go. So now I guess if someone cuts you off, the first thing you got to do is look and make sure it's not Gordon Ramsay. Exactly. Oh, Gordon Ramsay, it's okay. Go ahead, cut me off. It's actually, okay. <laughs> actually, a funny story. One of the first interviews I did when Breaking the Fourth Wall became a, uh, an interview show, uh, I, I got the uh, legendary Sid Vicious uh, from the 90s WWE. And, you know, he was Sid Justice and WCW and all that. I got to interview him, but I was warned about him. It's like, you know, he does. He does play with wrestling fans. He he will go into gimmick. He will he will become the bad guy. He'll become the heel, you know. So just just be forewarned. He's going to try to push your buttons. I started laughing, and and uh, the the publicist that, that I was talking to was like, "Why are you laughing?" He said, "You don't understand, do you?" I said, "What?" I said, "I'm an ex professional wrestler, and at one time, I was one of the most over heels in my federation to the point that I had to have security escort me out of the building because I had people waiting in the parking." Wow. He wants to go and call for insult. I could play. <laughs> uh, very good. Very Turns good. out he was a real nice guy to me. I've never even had to play that role, but I was ready for it. I'm like, oh, if he oh wants that's to great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Love it. Love it. That's great. Yeah, so. But uh, all right. Well, here's the here's the big question. Like you you started out in the in in your early 20s, and then you took a break for your family, and then you came back to to the field. Besides doing the marketing and all that, but as far as the entertainment industry, what advice would you give somebody trying to break it? Somebody listening to this podcast now says, I want to be an actor. I want to be in soaps. I want to be in shorts. I want to be in TV. What advice would you give them starting out? Well, I, I would say because I, I have relatives that have come out and and there's there's trades and there's ways that you can go about it. There's 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 student films. There's there's so many people that are working on shorts and things like that. There's so many projects out there. Look, look towards all those things and, and build up a strong reel with different projects. Um, don't, don't sit and wait for one thing, you know, work on having 15 things, you know, available. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you can't, um, when you get an opportunity, make sure you do your best, um, completely have your, you know, um, get your lines completely memorized. So don't just work on, you know, getting the, once you get a part or get, get an audition, Make sure you're really, really prepared. Understand the character. Really analyze what you know, how you want to present it. Do a really good job making sure that you're off book. I just think no matter what, if 
you possibly can. You should be off book because, you know, when you're reading lines, it's not, it doesn't come through right. Um, right. But when you have it in your head, you can really create who that character is. So work on the actual instructions of, of what you're doing. So work on all things and, and nothing will replace um, hard work. So work on the, the craft, work on ways of getting stuff, develop that reel, um, do as many different projects as you can. You're, you're fortunate when you, if you are young and you're first starting out, you can do just about anything because you have, you know, it's not like you're taking a step back at all. So you're, you, you can gain more just by doing every little thing could be a stepping stone. And then as you go along, um, build relationships. And as you build relationships, you'll learn other things like how to do things this way or that way. And then all the relationships with people will be, a, you'll find you're headed down the road and that the people you meet along that path will help guide you to where you want to go. So that's my biggest thing. And, and don't expect anybody to hold your hand and take you there. Find, you know, but, but do the hard work. Because no one's just going to hand you anything, but right. good relationships along the way, um, and the things that will be handed to you will be advice, and it's your uh, job to take that advice and apply it, and and work hard and um, and and be the do really good at your craft, and work on being the best at the craft, and and doing a good job, and then up. Uh, um, nothing can can um, can stop you at that point, and it'll it'll just happen eventually, just because of that. And there's so much there is so much work out there if you're willing to be or do a really good job at what you're doing. That's excellent, and I, I you know what it, it does bring another question that uh, that I wanted to ask. I, I was actually surprised in the world of professional wrestling when I broke into it. Like as a as a fan beforehand, I always looked at it and you, you kind of you don't necessarily believe what you see on TV, but you, you, you kind of believed on TV that, you know, like the, 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 the big stars thought they were big stars and, you know, stuff like that. I was very surprised within the industry, how mu many people are willing to impart that advice and, and impart that, that uh, wanting to see you improve and become better. There was still a cutthroat aspect of pro wrestling, but in general, most people were willing to help try to elevate you better. Is that the same in the acting industry? Is it like more their people are more willing to impart the, the wisdom and the knowledge to, to help a, a young up-and-comer? Or is it like... Well, you know, it's, I, I think, well, for me, for me, I, I when I see somebody young, I just relive when I was young. So I just want to help out because of what you were saying earlier. I believe in kind of paying it forward. So I've done some commercials with kids that play my like I worked with this one kid that was played my son in this commercial and and I I wanted to, I just wanted to give him help because I felt I felt you know I, I know the struggle so I just wanted to just help out because I know what it feels like and um, I want to you know give advice and uh, so and you know and I do believe in a karma and paying it forward type thing so uh, um, you know I, I find myself wanting to do that I think I think ultimately when you're a certain age you do do that I think when you're young, you know, young kids against young kids, it's it's hard to say, you know. I mean, you, you're, there's there's com there's you know there's always that competition thing in life, no, ma no matter what, um, that mm -hmm. that you're always going to find. Um, I, I think it's just up to that individual to know that you're you're only competing with yourself, and it's you know I always felt like I'm not competing against anybody. I'm just trying to bring the best my best version of that 
character to, to, to light and um, try to pass that along to somebody. But I do feel the over, overwhelming urge to help younger people um, when they're doing something. It just I feel like it's, it's my obligation to do so. And I'm just curious because I know I know there's a I know there's a, uh, a stigma to to the acting world where a lot of the the older actors can be oh you'll never reach my level of stardom you know type and 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 you know I was I was I was hoping to hear that what, basically what you're telling me where like a lot of them will be yeah. more, rather rather than being that way you know they would be more let me tell you let me tell you the mistakes yeah. you did so you don't make them you know what I mean type deal yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you're going to find more people like that. But then if you got somebody that's really, you know, extremely well known, they're, they're, they're not really going to associate with it. They're just too busy. They're not really going to associate with anybody. It's hard to say how, how they're going to do it. I guess if there's someone like me that's, that's been through hard knocks, um, you know, I think when you have somebody's experienced hard knocks, you, you don't want somebody to go through the same hard knocks that you did. Right. Um, they're, they're hard <laughs> He, he wants to be he wants to be in the interview too that's all <laughs> oh, yeah yeah he, he does he does, he does. <laughs> all right so all right well the fi- final thing i gotta ask is anybody who's who's paying attention to this uh to this podcast uh and they want to get in contact with you maybe maybe professionally maybe just uh have some questions i didn't ask uh where can somebody reach you if they wanted to get in contact with you absolutely i mean the old-fashioned way which is email um i have my my emails joe F-I-N-F-E-R-A at AOL.com. You can just shoot me a good old-fashioned email, and, and that, that's a good way. Um, I'm also on Instagram, um, so you can follow me on Instagram. Um, Facebook, I'm almost maxed out on Facebook, but you, could, you can still send me a request if you want on Facebook. And then I'm, I'm on Twitter as well. Facebook is Joe from Farah, and then um, Instagram is, I think, Joseph from Farah, but if you look... You know, you'll be to recognize me if you punch in my name, Joe, F-I-N-F-E-R-A. And then, of course, you can always go on um, um, IMDb um, and look me up on IMDb and you can see current projects I'm working on, um, different films. And there's, again, the, the, the world's changing a lot. There's so many different projects. You do a lot of projects. Sometimes, sometimes it takes six months to a year, even a year longer before they even come out. So I have a lot of stuff like that. I'm waiting to hit some things going to be on. I have a lot of things that will be on. Um, should be on Amazon and Netflix and things like that. So I'm still waiting on. Um, I have a show that I worked on. We did a feature, but I know they're pitching it to Netflix. So you can check me out on on um, uh, IMDb. And the other place too is I have. Um, whenever I do a little projects here or there, whatever it is, I always put my little scenes on um, on um, YouTube. So you can always go on YouTube, just type in Joe and Fair on YouTube, and then you can see some current things I've done. I've done some, you know, whatever television show, but just go on YouTube and you can see some of my projects. Excellent. And uh, speaking speaking of the projects, we normally I, I like I like I told you before we started uh, started this interview, I wanted to talk about like up and coming things. Out of the projects that may be on hold right now due to the whole COVID thing and everything else, is there anything that's coming out soon that we should be keeping an eye out for that you can talk well, about? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I got one thing that's on the air on right now. It's called um, a couple things. I have a, a, a film called The Opiate Diaries um, on Amazon. The Opiate Di- its about the opioid epidemic, and it, it's um, so go on Amazon. You can watch that. Um, It's—I um, think the, the the opioid epidemic is so bad nowadays that it's 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 in every fa- family. It's in the workplace. It's mm-hmm. so bad, and um, that that um, 
I want to spread the message of that because if if I, again if I can change three people and make them think before they do something, um that film's the kind of film that would do that. It's a film, but it's kind of like a documentary style as well. So you'll okay. gain some really good knowledge of of um, I play an, an opioid I play a doctor, and so um in how dangerous pain medication can be. So I, I'm pretty proud of that film in particular. So I definitely want to promote that. Um, I have some. Um, I have a, a little film I do a little walk on roll in a film called Alienated. Alienated. Um, that should be hitting, um, I think, Netflix soon. Um, I also have, I'm doing, I should be on the travel channel soon. There's a show called Believers. And I'm always calling, I'm to get a call and find out when it's going to air. But I have a show called Believers, the whole episode of a show called Believers on the travel channel. Um, information on that when I find out let you I'll post it. Um a cool little film called uh, it's called Cholo Zombies and it's it's Cholo. it's it's definitely a comedy. Just the one they're working on pitching it to make it a series too. But we're uh we're definitely completed. There's I think they have one more day of like pickup stuff to do and then that that should hit um the Netflix market and it should be it'll be a comedy. And so I, I do diverse things. I, I can go from just playing a um, a mobster guy to bring a doctor to a comedy, but I play a news reporter. Um, but that that'll be something that um, I definitely be proud of when it comes out. It'd be pretty funny. That's awesome. So these are these are all on the streaming services or coming to the streaming services. This guy, yes, sir. Definitely want to check that out. I want to thank my guest uh, Joe for for coming on and uh, spending some time with me, giving me a, a hell of a lot of great stories. That that really awesome of course i'm going to invite you back when the uh things uh pop out and your stuff starts releasing so that way we can go into details of some of them as we've seen great. And great. to you guys here if you enjoyed this episode in any capacity make sure you hit that thumbs up button like share comment subscribe check out all the other great podcasts of realm of the mist entertainment and of course if you prefer your podcast in audio only format we've got you covered just check out realm of the mist entertainment on anchor.fm apple itunes spotify pandora uh God, uh, well, yeah, we're on iTunes or uh, not iTunes. We're on uh, iHeartRadio now, so you might want to check us out there as well, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy 125 to breaking the fourth wall. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Again, Joe, thank you very, very much. I've enjoyed this, and we will catch you on the next breaking the fourth wall. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Chris from Realm of the Mist Entertainment. If you enjoyed this video, please hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts that can be found on Realm of the Mist Entertainment's YouTube channel or our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop needs. And if you prefer your podcasts in audio-only format, check out Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. To our Patreon supporters, we thank you very, very much. And if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter, please go over to patreon.com slash realm of the mist and just a dollar a month gives you exclusive content and helps our channel out greatly. Guys, again, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you on the next episode.